welcome to episode one of Superstates, Practices of Transformation, with me, your host, Joshua Peters. If you, like me, find yourself fascinated by the idea of using trance states for either personal or professional growth, and by that I mean including hypnosis or psychedelics, breathwork, sexuality, and more, you're in the right place. In each episode of Super States, we talk to world-class experts, industry leaders, and revolutionary thinkers. They share the latest information, research, tools, and their own personal stories to inspire us on our journey of personal and professional growth. This week, I talk with Angie Kircher. Angie is a hospice nurse, a hypnotherapist, and a coach. And she's going to take us on a wild journey that might lead to what lies beyond the veil. Stay tuned for Life, Death, and Spiritual Growth with Angie Kircher. I am here today with uh, a colleague of mine, a friend of mine, Angie Kircher, and uh, she's a hypnotist in the Twin Cities here, uh, where I am as well. And I just want to welcome you, Angie, to the podcast. And thank you for, for jumping on here to share uh, your wisdom around trance, your experience around transformation. Yeah, you bet. It's great to be here. Thank you. I like to, I like to start this with, I, you know, I think of it like, uh, I think of this like your, your origin story question. How did, you, how did you get to be where you are now doing the type of work that you do? Yeah, multifaceted. My background is actually, I've been a hospice nurse for many years. And so in the healthcare realm, I saw very clearly how, uh, what people would tell themselves and how that would impact their dying process, their death journey, whether they believed they were going to die rapidly, whether they didn't buy into the diagnosis and how that played out. Um, so I got very curious about how that worked and didn't really have an understanding at the time of what that meant. Um, and then I started to see how symptoms were also related to the beliefs people had about their prognosis, the anxieties they had, how it played into the pain perceptions and all these things. Yet as a nurse being told, you know, medicate, that's your role. Don't get into anything else. You know, you, you, you're the pill pusher. And I started to have a very significant um, ethical problem with that because I knew there was more under the surface. So that kind of combined with my own journey of uh, at the time COVID was happening, I had just the most debilitating anxiety experience, um, had always suffered from anxiety all my life. And I got to the point in the thick of COVID frontline worker um, was on all the medications, had done therapy, had sought out um, a bunch of naturopathic modalities and nothing had helped until I hired my first coach who also happened to be a hypnotist and started to understand how much my mind played into my own experience of anxiety and the fact that like I was actually the problem. <laughs> like, yeah. so, and, and how about how to fix it and how empowering that was and um, how much it opened up for me in terms of, of the power of the mind, but opportunities that we have as well. That's that's a, a great start. Like so many of us are healing our own our own wounds and become uh, healers ourselves. As I don't know, sometimes I think of it as really ways of continuing our own healing. Mm -hmm. I sometimes think of 
all of the clients, all of the people I meet as different parts of myself that I can get then interact with to, to, to heal us. <laughs> yeah, it's so powerful. And I, I imagine you can relate that every client I work with, they teach me as much as I teach them. And it's so neat to see different life experiences, um, understand where people come from. But then also, I mean, just the resiliency of human nature. People are just profoundly dynamic. And we get the honor of seeing that firsthand in our work. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I'm going to ask a question uh, based around kind of obviously what this podcast is about of, of these super states of consciousness. When, when I say the phrase technologies of transformation, what does that, what comes to mind for you? Yeah. I mean, my first thought, and this is based on the context of my experience, is um, I actually think YouTube. I, I myself have gone to YouTube as a source of ability for trance. I've explored different modalities via YouTube, um, you know, hypnotherapy, uh, guided meditations, breath work. And so, you know, for me, technology in that sense has been a very profound part of my transformation. Um, so that's my first thought. Yeah. And, and as you use technology to find these different technologies of creating trance, what are some of the what are some of the techniques or the technologies of trance that have worked best for you? So it really, you know, it depends on the day. And this is kind of what I tell my clients too. If I'm having a really zend out day, I'm going to really enjoy probably just a standard meditation with music where I can just bliss out. If I'm in a day where I'm like monkey minding hardcore, I'm having a hard time settling the brain. I look more towards a guided meditation or guided hypnosis or breath work. I've really enjoyed guided breath work because that gives me something to do so that the mind by default calms down. And so it really yeah. depends on, on the day and the mood. Um, I like having different opportunities and options depending on how I'm feeling. Yeah. I breath work, the more that I practice it, the more powerful I'm coming to realize even the simplest things, like some sometimes for me, the simplest breath work is a connected breath, just an equal in and an equal out. And mm -hmm. just keeping that rhythm going can take me right into the zone sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so powerful. It doesn't have to be complicated. And I think sometimes, you know, we look for things to be more difficult than they have to be. And it's not, yeah, it's yeah. not always the case. And so tell, tell me a little bit about the uh, the kinds of, of clients that you're working with, what, what are they dealing with? What, what are you finding is like your sweet spot? Yeah. So, you know, my, um, the majority of clients I see have some level of anxiety themselves. They're coming in with a really major stressor and the presenting symptoms might be different. Maybe they, you know, are working on weight loss or relationship issues or smoking, but they kind of all funnel down to, this kind of baseline level of anxiety stress. And the really neat thing is, is that um, my website is very basic to hypnotherapy, but almost every single person that's walked through my door has been on the spiritual path and find that through releasing the layers of, of the work, you know, with our, with our time together, that it deepens their spirituality, their, their own kind of process of self-actualization and learning who they are on a deeper level. And so um, it's really neat because they don't necessarily know that they're on the path <laughs> and, and they are, you know, and they're, yeah. they're asking big questions and it's really fun. The conversations that arise because 
as much as, you know, we're doing hypnosis for a good part of the session, there's also the component of the coaching and kind of asking the, the higher level questions that they haven't thought about, or maybe no one's kind of challenged them on in a good way that gets them thinking outside their own box. So tell me a little bit about how you utilize trance with your clients to help them find that within themselves. Yeah. So I do, uh, the work that I do with my clients is very much based in emotional healing and resolution work. And so, um, you know, the subconscious mind knows where to go in hypnosis to resolve the problems they're coming in for. But it's a, a very dynamic process in that we're addressing different layers of their their concerns when they're coming in. We're doing the, the deeper emotional kind of inner child healing, but we're also doing a lot of forgiveness work because that's a big part of the process. If you're holding on to a lot of baggage from years past, you know, you're, you're, you're going to have a hard time moving forward through that and also um, enhancing your own compassion. And that translates into the most powerful experience for people. Um, in fact, I was talking with somebody earlier about my probably my favorite part of the process is when we get to forgiveness because we don't always realize how much baggage we're holding on to. But then when we can kind of step outside of the emotion of the anger, the hurt, the whatever, and kind of see things from an eagle eye perspective, it, it totally changes mm -hmm. everything. And it gives people a larger sense of compassion for themselves, but for other people. And so um, I really address kind of all areas. And then we leave, you know, our, our final session is usually that that of a really empowering, um, you know, we're going to get you going, get you set off in a, in a good in a good way. And we do that every session, too, of course, um, with the positive stuff. But um, it really kind of is a very comprehensive approach with these clients. So I'm going to ask you a question. It's a little bit more personal. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious what kind of experiences that, uh, that you've had with different trances that have mm -hmm. helped to transform your life. Yeah. So I, um, gosh, it really, I've done a lot of, of hypnosis myself with audios and I've also received it professionally and, um, some of the most transformational it's come in kind of almost the after the fact revelations of that kind of quiet, intuitive hit of like, oh my gosh, the pieces came together. Um, and for me, some of the most powerful experiences have been when I've been um, in hypnosis. And this has been, you know, when I'm in my own room doing hypnosis and I get into such a deep state of trance that I am like gone. I am yeah. not here. I am gone. I'm uh, astral traveling. I don't know where I am, but I'm not here. And then, you know, you, you kind of come back in when music stops, something prompts you to be here. And it's like the most refreshing soul rejuvenating experience. And it's not that anything or quote happened. I don't know what happened when I was out there, but you come back with this renewed sense of just empowerment, um, peace, and then kind of as an effect of that, things just flow easier in regular life. You know, it's like, Whatever you're doing out there allows for life just to be smoother. And so it's really powerful. And, and those moments don't happen all the time. You know, I don't I don't get to those kind of levels of um, trance that often. Yeah. But when we have, it's just so incredible. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. Um, what what is the most surprising like, like what's something that uh try to think of the right way to ask you this. What is the thing that surprises most people that they, when they find this out about you? 
Um, find out what about me. That's the question. What is it that people find most surprising about you? Um, that's a really good question that I don't know that I've thought about. I'm pretty transparent. Um, so gosh, I think people are surprised about kind of the intuitive nature of the approach within our sessions, but I think also the level of depth of my spiritual journey. Um, you know, when I get really um, open with the right people, you know, some people that I, I see in session, they're not there and we don't talk about some of that, but some of it, it, it it's very relatable because it's also as a human, you know, you look to other people to to kind of be a guide of like where you are to where you could be. And when you tell people kind of what you've been through and how transformational the journey is, it also encourages them to continue just putting one foot in front of the next every day, because it can be terrifying to undergo such a rapid transformation. And not that it's scary in and of itself, but you and I both know that reptilian part of our brain doesn't like change. And so our body and yeah. our brain is screaming, don't change <laughs> yet. We yeah. just keep going and and then you get through it, you know, and you get to the next level of change, but it's, it's ever evolving and it's the most incredible experience. So when people kind of start to see that within their own journey, but also within what I've, you know, been through, it's really neat. That's, that's so true that, uh, the, I, I love the, how you can bring forward those things. Mm -hmm. um, those experiences that, that you've had or that I've had or, or anybody has had, we bring into the space all the things we've been through. And it seems like the people that need to have those lessons are the ones who end up become, becoming part of our circle or stepping into our office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's profound. It's, it is so neat, uh, the people that find me. And again, there's nothing on my site that indicates any, any of the spiritual elements of, of the work that I really love to do. And those are the people that, that come to the door. And um, it's just so powerful because that's such a, a large part of our growth process is tapping into who we really are, like outside of this meat suit. And, you know, I, I have a unique perspective. I've done hospice. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen more death than many people on this planet and more life, you know, and it, I, it's, it's a very unique perspective that a lot of people don't have. Um, but it's yeah. also one that's really reassuring, you know, like it's okay. Everything is really okay. We figure it out. It's all good. Yeah. You certainly have a, a very different perspective having been a hospice nurse for so many years that, that's that's something that I I can't even begin to uh, understand in the same level that you can. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a gift. I mean, it's a, it's a huge blessing, and I know people have different beliefs or connotations with hospice. And for me, it was the most uh, powerful experience, you know, at that time for me to be able to see um, life and death at that level, and it made me actually at a young age question. You know, I, I question stuff from, I mean, very young age. I challenged a lot of a lot of beliefs and things um, and was quickly shut down, you know, when it comes to religion and, and different kind of indoctrinations we have. And then I kind of, you know, chilled out in my 20s and then I got into hospice and and then it kind of fired a lot of that back up about, you know, what I was um, made to believe about life, death, all these different things. And um, it was it was profoundly amazing for me, but also the most 
reassuring experience too about what comes next. Like I have no fear about that. So, um, and that's a gift, you know, a lot of people leave this planet with a lot of fear and, and I, I hope that my work with them and, and the work I do going forward alleviates that with people because um, it's okay. It really is. Do you mind sharing uh, a story of something that's been maybe like a story of a client or someone that you were there with some, something that's b- made a, a big impact on you as well as them? Yeah, <laughs> I've got so many from, from my hospice years and of course in hypnotherapy um, but one that sticks in my mind is from my hospice years. Um, it was, I don't know, 10 years ago, I'd say now. I had a patient who um, was had dementia, nonverbal for the most part, was wheelchair bound and um, had been declining for some time. And she went into what we call the active dying phase, which is where someone stops eating, drinking, and they're pretty much unresponsive for several mm-hmm. days. And that's usually the process before they die. Um, there's other stuff that happens, but that's kind of how it goes. And she was in that process and then bounced back and then was like back to life, which rallies happen. People can kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, have a rally for a day and then decline again. But she like, she rallied for a month or two and we're like, okay, she wasn't ready. And she went back in the process again and she was actively tying like three times. And it was, I've never seen that before. And I had walked into her room for a visit the one day and she was staring up at the ceiling, which is not uncommon. People see things and it's very real. Um, and she was seeing something up, you know, on the ceiling and her eyes were going back and forth, back and forth. So I was like, I'm going to ask her what she's seeing. So, you know, hey, so-and-so, yeah. you know, what are you, what are you seeing up there? And she detailed to me everything she was seeing on the other side as though the veil was lifted It was right there. And so she went on to tell me she was at uh, basically the pearly gates. You know, I don't know if that's what happens when we go there, but there were, you know, the, the, there was this white gate. It was stunning. I asked her, um, you know, what else she saw? Well, there's people there, you know, what are they wearing? Oh, they're wearing white. Do you know them? Well, no, I don't know them. And I said, okay, you know, what do they want? Well, for me to come with them. I was like, okay. I was like, do you want to go with them? Well, no. And she kind of chuckled. And I said, you know, are they, are they comfortable? Do you feel safe? Oh yes, they're lovely. I just don't want to go. And, and that was kind of end scene, you know, where she kind of went back into her sleeping state and um, that she kind of, that scene faded for her and it was wild. And she ended up passing, I think it was several days to a week later, she wasn't ready to go. They were there to guide her over, which is very common for loved ones or people on the other side to assist in that transition. And they were trying to help her. And she's like, I'm not ready yet, but like, nice to meet you. (laughs) (laughs) I never had a a patient um, be able to, in the dying phase, talk through that. It's not uncommon for them to see loved ones or to say, you know, oh, Joe, you know, their their partner or whomever, yeah. right? But to actually account all of the things as though, you know, they're, they're there and they're experiencing it and you're like seeing through their eyes, heaven or the other side. It was just yeah. so cool. So cool. So that's, thank you. That's a very cool experience. Yeah. It, it makes me think of, there's processes that I'll sometimes do with clients where you have them experience something and they share with you what they're experiencing. It, it's mm-hmm. a very similar process, although mm-hmm. she had her eyes open and she's looking at something different than yeah. what a typical hypnotherapy client is looking at. Yes. Yes. 
Yeah, that's, no, uh, really that, that's a really cool story. Thank you. Yeah. If you, if you had a chance to uh, talk to your younger self, say your 18-year-old self, what would you tell her? Oh, man, so many things. You know, I'm, I'm a big proponent of the fact that the journey is what it is for where I'm meant to be. Um, but I think it would be, you know, something just along the lines of, of um, you know, it's going to be okay. You figure it out. It's going to be okay. Because I think at that point in life, you know, you're so frantic to have all the answers, to have a path to, at that point, I was going through a breakup with the person I'm now married to. And, you know, it's like all these things that are so big when you're young and you just don't have the perspective or the, um, the development of the brain fully to understand the context of that it, it's, it's all, it's all good. Life can yeah. be amazing and you can pivot at any time. And what, um, how do you see the next 10 years? Like, how would you like to see the next 10 years unfold for you? Ooh, <laughs> that's, you know, it's a good question. I am doing more training um, in the healing arts. I'm going to be doing Reiki certification and kind of incorporating more energy-based stuff within my hypnotherapy practice and um, some other things that I, I want to be, you know, I envision to be very healing and supportive of my hypnosis practice. Um, I really don't know. I, I know that what I'm currently doing right now is not the end all of what I will be doing. It's still evolving. Yeah. And so, you know, I really, my intention is to be able to um, be in service of people helping them on their journey. You know, I've been told for a very long time, I'm a transitioner. And for a lot of years, I believe that to be, you know, transitioning off this planet. And now I really think it's more transitioning the mindset, you know, kind of from that unaware, unawake status to fully actualizing potential. And however that looks um, in 10 years, I'm I'm just taking it a day at a time, enjoying the process and um, trusting that I'll be guided to whatever I meant to do, you know, at that point in time. Fully actualizing yourself. I know that that's right. Reaching the pinnacle of enlightenment every day. <laughs> well, <laughs> if, if only we could do that. <laughs> and, and when you think of, of uh, an actualized human, what does that mean to you? You know, the current thing I am working on that has, um, it's been one of the harder things is attachment. You know, we attach to so many things, attached to outcomes, attached to um, all the physical stuff, right? Attached to making a certain amount of money or reaching a certain number of clients. And so for me, it's really releasing attachment to any of that, like being in surrender and that flow state of just trusting the process and being divinely guided on where I'm meant to go. And to, to kind of be clear, you know, being unattached doesn't mean being disconnected, you know, still taking that positive action forward, yeah. but not being really um, attached to the outcome, like just trusting and knowing that it's all going to work out. Because I think for many years of my life, you know, I was so attached to control. That was a big part of of my journey when I was little, I, I had dealt with an eating disorder and um, lost my dad at a young age. So control for me was huge. And that I can still kind of, you know, sense that piece of me that needs that healing and that like, you're okay. Yeah. And I kind of remind that inner child, like, we're okay. That's always been okay. You got this. Yeah. So that's really um, a part of what I'm, I'm working on right now, but it's, it's, a, it's an always, um, that's always going to be a thing. We're human, you know, humans have emotions and we're here to experience all the things. 
Yeah, for sure. What do you look forward to most, either personally or professionally? Oh, man. I mean, this is going to sound so, so woo-woo and hokey, but spiritual development is such an important part of who I am and my journey. And so, um, you know, tapping more into my gifts, my abilities, um, understanding and really honing in my intuition on an even greater level and being that example for my kids. My kids um, are so the little kids coming through right now are just profoundly connected. I think all kids are connected to the other side, but mm -hmm. being able to be to them what I didn't have when I was little. Um, so I really want to kind of help them understand as little empaths themselves, what they're experiencing and how to harness that energy for good and be able to make a positive impact themselves. Yeah. And what should I have asked you, but I didn't ask you? Ooh, good questions. Um, the, I don't know. I think you nailed a lot of it. Uh, yeah, we're colleagues. I'm located in Woodbury, Minnesota. I, um, I'm a full-time hypnotist. I still work hospice on call because I just have a very deep passion for hospice yet. I don't know. I think, I think you nailed a lot of it pretty I, well. And how can people find out about you? Where can they go to learn more? Yeah. So my website is just angiekircher.com. And um, I've got a lot of information on there as well as social media on Facebook, Angie Kircher Hypnosis on Instagram as well. Great. I will make sure to put all, all of those links uh, in the show notes. And uh, I'm going to give you a chance, Angie, to distill all of your wisdom down Ooh. into one, one thing that you'd like to share with, with everyone else? Like what's, what's the one thing that you'd like to share or, or for how, leave people with so that that will make an impact? Oof, got a lot, but I mean, oh, one thing, I, you know, take the chance, do the thing that you want to do. It's okay. You figure it out. That was such a hurdle for me with, with the control factor and having to have a plan and see what's next. I mean, it's every day I still feel like I'm kind of flopping in the water, like where am I going next? And it's it's a very uh, discombobulating experience sometimes, but, but you do figure it out. Things yeah. work out, you find a way. And so if there's something that's in your life that's not resonating or not working for you, just get quiet with yourself on what you really want to do and, and seek ways to make it happen. You know, and just take that first step because then the path becomes more clear every step you take. I love that. Thank you, Angie. Thank you for being on here, for, for sharing your wisdom, for uh, sharing your experiences and, uh, and, and your time. Yeah, thank you. If you're listening to this message, that means you stayed for the entire episode. So thank you so much for sticking around. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts because that's the best way to expand this message. It would really mean a lot to me. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast through your favorite app or on YouTube, however you like to stay up to date with podcasts so that you can stay up to date with Superstates. Also, let me know what topics or guests you'd like me to cover in future episodes. You can just get in touch in the comments. You can find me on almost all of the different social medias 
at Joshua Ray Peters, and that's R-E-Y Peters. Don't be shy. I answer all the comments that come out there. So I'll, I'll see you all next week. Remember, you carry the seeds of change inside. So stay flexible, keep growing, and embrace your transformation.